The subject of today's episode is an ongoing love affair between Paul and Carla, Paul's insatiable appetite for sex and domination of young girls, his almost all-consuming lust for Carla's little sister Tammy, and the tragedy that it will incur. Carla's, not just complacency, but encouragement of Paul's actions, the manipulation and assault of a friend, their first straight-up murder, and the absolute shit show of a cover-up, plus more just horrible police work. All on episode two of Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka. I'm Kevin Young. I'm Dan. Go fuck yourself, Paul Bernardo, you asshole. Hurricane. <laughs> and this is torture. Yeah, pretty much. Go fuck yourself in a McDonald's, you douche. God damn it. I never thought I'd dislike somebody quite as much. Like old Dimple Dick Bob was that was a bit of an asshole. Yeah, um, he was He's a serious piece of work too, stuff like that, you know. And I, goddamn, didn't like Bob. My God, I don't know. Maybe part nope. of it as well is a smug look on Bar Bernardo's face and every single photo you see of him. Yes, looks <laughs> yes. like you know. Before you even know who he is, you see his picture and you go, "I don't like that guy." Yeah, <laughs> I, I told you coming into it, it's like you are not gonna like this man. He looks like a yeah, preppy yeah. douche. <laughs> He's a preppy douche. You're not wrong. Oh, fuck. Well, I hope everybody, uh, quote-unquote, enjoyed the first episode. Uh, we're back the next week, and we'll be back next week for the third one. But let's just jump right back into it. Now, when we last left the lovely couple, Paul had just gone down to talk to the police. He was interviewed by Detectives Irwin and Monroe. Now, Paul was only about three years the junior to Irwin and about a year younger than Monroe. Uh, he was understandably nervous, but still charming, like you know a sociopath is. He told them about his degree from the University of Toronto and how he was getting ready to marry the beautiful woman named Carla. And that he knew he looked like the picture in the papers. He had three friends that made fun of him for it. The Smyrna's brothers. Uh, uh, I don't think it's funny that they make fun of me about something like that, because that's not something funny to make fun of somebody like that. Uh, he said he'd never hurt a woman. And that he Our drugs def- bad, Kevin. Huh? Our drugs bad. Our drugs, <laughs> drugs bad. <laughs> drug bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, buddy. Uh, <laughs> that's what you should have been doing for him the whole time I'm not that guy buddy <laughs> I don't think it's funny buddy yeah. we've, we've constantly apologized for Brian Adams buddy uh, he said that he would never hurt a woman and he definitely wouldn't rape one he wouldn't need to he's like I don't rape I don't rape women buddy because I don't need to uh, he gets all the he gets women all the time 
He's up. You know, he's engaged oh. to this one chick, and he's got w- chicks on the side. He doesn't need to rape women. Uh, they asked him if he would give them a blood sample so they could officially eliminate him as a suspect, and he obliged. He wasn't Ooh, angry. Fair play to him. Yeah. He's like, yeah, sure, go ahead, take my blood. He, um, and so the thing, he gave them a blood sample, a hair sample, and a saliva sample. And the weird thing about him is that he has a condition that the DNA in his saliva and the DNA in his blood, or no, the DNA in his saliva and the DNA in his semen don't match up. What? So, never heard of that shit. Yeah. So, uh, it takes a long time to get any results back for him. And, I mean, you'll... We'll see what happens. Uh, he wasn't angry about it. He he said he he didn't hate women. He wasn't secretive. He seemed far more credible than Alex Smyrnas, who gave them all the information about him anyway. Well, his wife did. Uh, it just didn't seem possible that such a well-educated, well-adjusted, congenial young man like this could be responsible for such hor- horrible crimes. So, 45 minutes later... Paul walked back out, no charges filed. So you could talk to him longer than 45 minutes. You can, I mean, you could talk to him longer than 45 minutes. Yeah, it's just that he's such a suave motherfucker, obviously. Yeah. You know, was... Maybe that's all they could handle of Paul Bernardo was 45 <laughs> yeah. like, get the fuck out. No more. because he yeah, never, never shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Now, by this time, Paul was not making it a secret that he had taken intentions with Carla's sister, Tammy at night. He would sneak around to the back of their house to watch her undress. Uh, he would watch her in her bathing suit at the pool. Just kind of one of those like creepy stares that you see, like some guys give women at the gym or like in the mall or something. They're just like staring. It's just like, dude, put them back in your head. Um, and the, he would have her sit on his lap and bounce around like a little, like a seven-year-old. <laughs> she, it's like, come, dude. Uh, and the fact that he flat out told Carla that he wanted to fuck her little sister. I mean, he flat came flat out and said, I, I, I want to fuck Tammy. I mean. Yeah, the guy has serious fucking issues. And I don't understand what the deal is with Carla. Oh, yeah. Kind of being okay with that shit. <laughs> well, I mean, she was in love, I guess. <sighs> so Carla mm. knew that Paul was seeing other women. Well, Carla knew that Paul was raping other women. That's <laughs> just, I guess, is different. Uh, she was actually, and she was okay with that. She, uh, yeah, you go rape all the women you want. That's fine. But if she let him have his way with her sister. She needed to be there so she could control the situation. You know, it was like, well, he's raping all these women, doing whatever he wants, whenever he wants, which I guess I'm okay with. But if I let him, you know, rape, you know, you know, rape Tammy, uh, and I'm there, then I'm a part of it, and it's not him doing his own thing. It, it, it's me with him. So, and she can control whatever's happening. So she really got yeah. into this whole thing with him and Tammy, uh, to to just to be closer to Paul. And she would 
break the blinds in Tammy's room to make it easier for Paul to look in. Um, him and Carla started having sex on Tammy's waterbed during the day when she was gone at school. Uh, he, here's a gross one for you. He used Tammy's dildos on Carla while she pretended to be Tammy. <laughs> it's gross. It's gross. Uh, what? Like, seriously. Uh, one night, Carla crushed up some volume and put it in Tammy's spaghetti. Uh, after she passed out in bed, Carla would watch Paul masturbate next to Tommy's head and ejaculate onto her pillow. He uh, actually tried to rape her at that moment, but she started to squirm around, so Paul got all pissy about it, and Carla had to blow him to calm him down. She keeps moving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she keeps moving. He's like, come on, mommy, you'll give you a blow job to settle you down. Yeah, Merry yeah. Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I hope that when he's just getting gang fucked in prison, that the whole time they're saying Merry Christmas. Just to just to fuck with him. Yeah. Something like that at least. Yeah. Now, uh, one day, Paul took Tammy on a run across the border with them for a a cigarette run. And they didn't come back for hours. And this really drove Carla crazy because she didn't know what was going on. She didn't know if they were uh, having sex. She didn't know what they were doing. She wasn't there to control the situation. And it never came out publicly if the two actually had sex while they were gone. But Paul Carla decided that she needed to get this sister rape thing out of the way. I almost called her Parla, which I guess is a good couple name for him. Parla. Call. Uh, oh, so, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Tammy and her friend Norma. They started noticing some white flakes uh, on the drinks that Paul and Carla would buy for them. Now, they played it off as a joke first, but Tammy began to become more and more concerned when it kept happening. And uh, this turned out to be more of the volume. But volume didn't really seem to work all that well. She, she'd, she'd be passed out for a little bit, and then she'd start to you know wake up. So Carla finally decided to go big, or go home. She was in charge of the drug registry at her work and had been doing a lot of reading up on the Compendium of Pharmaceuticals and Specialities she used for a reference at her job and had come across a drug known as Halcyon, a sleeping pill. That, on top of an inhalant anesthetic called Halothane, which they used to put animals out for surgery, and Tammy was sure to be out long enough for Paul to do what he needed to do. So Carla was in charge of administering the halothane to the animals, so she knew what she needed and and how much to use. At least she thought she so. Thought. <laughs> <laughs> she she she's like, well, you know. The horse takes this much, therefore, little Tammy is going to need exactly. that much. But I, Carry the one. 
putting somebody out, knocking them out with medication or anesthesia or, or anything like that is, is a very scientific and mathematically precise procedure. You can't just, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, well, I give this much to a cat, so I just like triple it, and it's, you know, that then we'll be fine. There's a there's a ton ton of things you have to take to. That's why when you go into, uh, you know, the hospital for a surgery, they're like, have you eaten? Have you drank anything? How much do you weigh? You know, they they get all this information because they they need to know that. Yes, yes, you, fine. <laughs> yes, yes. You can die from the anesthesia. Uh, calculations need to be done. And if we remember from episode one, Carla isn't good with science or math. Why is she working in a pharmaceutical place? <laughs> so after a few missed opportunities for various reasons, Paul and Carla finally got their chance the Sunday before Christmas, 1990. The whole family was celebrating, playing around with Paul's new camcorder and drinking. The camcorder becomes its own character in this story. Uh, even Tammy was allowed to have a few glasses. Uh, you know, yeah, she's only like 14, 15 at the time, but you know, you're you're hanging out with the family. It's Christmas time. Yeah, let her have a let her have a drink. You know, whatever. That happened. Old Coors Light. <laughs> well, I think they were. They, well, Paul and Carla were making her "quote unquote" special daiquiris, laced oh, with okay. crushed up halcyon, which was supposedly safer and had a less bitter taste than Volume. Um, believe I read that Tammy's mom actually took halcyon for a while, so that might have put a uh, given her a, a little bit of an idea as well. Uh, Tammy did begin to feel woozy, and she started seeing double, and even at one point said, quote, These guys are trying to poison me, but nobody took it seriously. It's like, oh, look at the teenager. She's drunk, falling over herself. Well, to be fair, yeah, you'd, you'd imagine that's all it is. So. Yeah, yeah, the guy's trying to poison Yeah, they're giving her so much alcohol, they're trying to poison Okay. They ended up giving her between 10 and 12 5-milligram Halcyon tablets throughout the evening. That seems like a lot. But the cat needed one and a half. <laughs> so therefore... And she's 10 How many cats make up, make up Tammy? <laughs> she just got a whiteboard. Yeah. One, 10 cats equals one Tammy. Ten. Each cat takes one pill. That means ten to twelve. Yeah, forty-five pills. <laughs> one bottle of pills. But uh, Tammy doesn't have a tail. How does this work? He's walking to their bedroom, and it's just like pins with red string connecting. If we do this, <laughs> and then we divide by nine. And there's just loads of knives on the floor, because everybody opens the door, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Where are all the knives on? He keeps dropping them. <laughs> McDonald's bags everywhere. <sighs> Finally, after Carla's parents went to bed, and Tammy stayed up to watch Lisa and the Devil with Carla and Paul, Tammy ended up passing out on the couch. Carla got the halothane, and Paul got the camcorder. Uh, yeah, they're they're gonna do this while everybody's just asleep. 
It's not like they're going to take a bunch of extra precautions to make sure nobody comes down and, and, and finds them. They just wait for the parents and for her sis- their sister to go to bed. And they're like, okay, now we can do whatever we want because now we're in some type of special. We're in the phantom zone now. Nobody can see what we're doing. But they're just literally downstairs in front of the fireplace. You froze up again, didn't you? No. Okay, no. there you go. Nope. I'm just okay. saying dead still. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Uh, so Carla poured the helithane on a cloth and held it over Tammy's nose and mouth. Uh, Paul took off her pants while Carla pulled up her shirt. So uh, I talked last time about the cannon of trigger warnings that I was shooting to the air. Um, these are like uh, drone strikes of fucking trigger warnings ever. Just, just so you know, you're going to feel fucking icky after this. Put it out there. So, Paul first fingered her and then began raping young 15-year-old Tammy while he recorded. Carla and Paul had a small spat during the attack, Carla telling him to hurry up and to use a condom. He told her to shut up. It was difficult to stay hard with someone badgering you the whole time, which it is. Fair, fair enough. It is. Hurry up. Yeah, what are you doing? Time. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. Let's go. I got shit to do. Uh, and uh, he said he didn't have a condom. Like going into it, they had they had discussed, but you got to use a condom, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. And then they go into it, and he's like, oh, I'll fuck condom. Fuck, fuck off. You think I'm going to rape her and wear a condom? Come on. I mean. Jesus. Be considerate, Paul. What type of guy do you think he is? <laughs> now, while all this was happening, Carla continued to cover her sister's face with the halcyon soaked rag, reapplying the inhalant whenever she felt it needed it. It's like, oh, this is dry now. I'll soak it up a little bit more and slap Jesus. it back down on there. <laughs> We're laughing, not because it's funny, but because they're so stupid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know something horrible is going to happen because of it, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Paul had Carla suck on Tammy's breasts for a little while. Then they changed positions, and Carla went down on her younger sister. Uh, Oh, and uh, just to add to the absolute horror show, Tammy was on her period. You can't see Dan's face. <laughs> That's not the thing that wears me out the most about this, though. But yeah, like if anything, I'm if I'm, I'm kind of in some ways kind of glad she was because I hope that really. Well, I was gonna say I hope it really fucking weirded those two assholes out. But you know, oh, the Paul loved. I doubt it did. Yeah, yeah. That's, Paul that's, loved. Yeah. Carla, he asked Paul if he asked Carla if it tasted good, and apparently it didn't. She she wasn't too happy about it. But uh, Paul thought it was great. So, uh, still well, gross. Hope it fucking poisons you, you bitch. Yeah, I have, so. It's like a mouthful of pennies. Uh, Paul went back to raping her first vaginally, then anally, back and forth, like he had with so many of his victims before. Suddenly, he stopped. Something was wrong. Tammy had vomited. 
Carla quickly rolled her over onto her stomach and tried to hold her upside down as Paul tried to clear her throat. Uh, Terrified of what was happening, they decided to drag her face down to Carla's bedroom. Okay. I was hoping when you said that something happened when he stopped, that maybe he did some damage to himself. No. (laughs) But it wasn't that lucky. No, no, uh, it's not lucky at all. And and I'm guessing they dragged her face down because they thought maybe the puke would just kind of roll out of her that way, like she's some type of weird tape dispenser. But no, it that's not, it doesn't happen. Oh, like gravity, that. they're yeah, they're hoping gravity yeah. would kick in. You see, uh, they dropped her at least once, so in, insult to injury. Uh, they got her dressed, and Paul started mouth to mouth. Carla called nine one one. And then she dumped the drugs down the toilet, as you do. Uh, the paramedics were the ones that actually ended up waking up the rest of the family. Paul and Carla told everyone that she just stopped breathing. Like, what happened? I don't know. She just died. She just stopped breathing. Just That's it. Uh, they began to work on her and then loaded her up in the ambulance. Carla's parents obviously left for the hospital. Uh, with a constable, David Weeks, staying behind to question the other three. Uh, He felt that there was something suspicious. You think? Something suspicious? Anything's going on? He was... I saw you last week in the McDonald's. (laughs) Nice, so... Have you ever heard the song, uh, I Saw Tupac at McDonald's? Saw it? No. It's about how... A guy goes into McDonald's. He sees Tupac after he was supposedly dead. He's like, "Ah, you're not, you're not dead. You're alive, and you're at McDonald's." It's a foul. I'll, I'll send it to you. It's a fucking great song. It's only like I don't, I don't know, know if I want to hear it. No, I don't. It's only like a minute and a half long or something like that. It's 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 great. So Constable Weeks was pretty sure that the four of them—Paul, Carla, Tammy, and their sister Lori—had been up that night. Freebasing cocaine with absolutely with absolutely no evidence. Where's the cocaine? There's no fucking cocaine. Nowhere in the house. They didn't do cocaine. This isn't 1980s Miami. Goddammit. Yeah. No, it's 1990 fucking Canada. But I. But you know, 19 that that cocaine epidemic i guess was going on at the time and and yeah, but 1990s canada is more like 1950s america <laughs> it's true just blatant racism and beating your wife that's pretty yeah. much as bad as it got that's it they don't invent the refrigerator you know stuff like that yeah because well backwards. up until then they didn't need it they lived in canada they just threw all their stuff outside like stay cold yeah, exactly. it's fine yeah uh the telephone rang weeks answered and spoke for a second and then hung up well, turned out Tammy was dead. Lori ran upstairs upset, and Weeks followed her to check and make sure she was okay. And Carla took the chance to start loading up the blankets they used to clean up Tammy's vomit into the washing machine. Which, I don't think they would have taken the vomit in for analysis or anything like that to see what was in it anyway. But... They probably yeah, I mean, would have to. Do not take any bodily fluids they can to analyze because 
You have to remember the, co- the police officers that we're talking about. Oh, well, I mean, oh, well, that's true. Yeah. In general, yeah. <laughs> in general. He's gone. Yes. In general, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Competent police officers would be like, see all that fluid? Scoop it up and take it in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if they're just walking like... through the bloody corpse, walking <laughs> over it, like, you know, just walking through, through the rest of the house. Yeah. It's <laughs> everywhere. But they're just like, see all that blood? Well, you got, she has blood on her legs and you have blood on your mouth. Yeah. And there's semen and there's vomit. Gross. Clean it up. (laughs) I'm going to go make myself a sandwich. Here we go. Now, when they were questioned at the police uh, station later, they said the chemical burns on Tammy's face. So here's the thing with Halcyon is that there, and with most, Inhalant anesthetics. There has to be a good medicine to oxygen ratio. Without it, you're getting just pure med- medication, which is you know is no good. It's no good. There's got to be a ratio. That's why usually when you're getting some you know an inhalant, it they they have an oxygen tank being pumped into it as well, so you get that nice you know mix. Carla had just kind of taken the rag. And plopped it on her sister's face. Covered her nose and her mouth with it. No oxygen. Pure halcy, uh, pure halothane. That's it. So she had a rag-shaped chemical burn from her cheek to cheek over her mouth and nose, which was visibly red. Even at the funeral, you could still see the redness through the fucking makeup they put on her. I mean, they, yeah. And she, they told the cops that that was from dragging her on the ground on her face to Carla's room. Carpet burn my ass. <laughs> just, just in that one spot. Carpet yeah, burn. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they looked down and they said they had wooden floors the whole time. And still, <laughs> the cops didn't put two and two together. Yeah, carpet burn. Isn't that linoleum? Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, and just incompetence all around. It was, again, Christmas time. And there was a good chance that the coroner was drunk that night. That's true. So he didn't do the best job of an autopsy. And they just, he's just like, yeah, it was an accident. And pretty much just wrote it off. Yeah. That would surprise me. Well, it, this 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 whole thing so far, right? You know, it it's kind of like what I'm trying to put into words. <laughs> it's almost like National Lampoon's <laughs> Christmas rape. Yeah, like <laughs> the entire thing. Christmas, yes, like National Lampoon's like murder investigation or something. You know. The next hit movie to come out with Chevy Chase playing the <laughs> idiot cop. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, you forgot to turn. You got to turn the light switch on if you want the outlet to work. Yeah. Well, a couple weeks later, Coral and Dorothy went to Toronto to a lighting show, which they went to every year, and Lori went to visit her grandparents in Mississauga. So Paul and Carla decided the best thing to do to get over the tragedy of Tammy's death was to go get another girl to rape. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Paul went out and found a girl, brought her back to the house. Carla watched as he had sex with the girl on the floor of her bedroom. But unlike the others, she didn't scream or fight. Uh, you know, it just she just was kind of like, okay, whatever, you know. Uh, and they said they had no idea who she was, so they just end up calling her the January girl. Poor girl. Which for for Paul is really weird because he loved to know their names. He loved to know who they were. But when it came out, I was like, oh, that's the January girl. We have no idea who she fucking was. Just this anomaly that came into our lives. We did what we wanted and then sent her on her way. Uh, they ended up dropping her off on a deserted a deserted road by Lake Gibson, which the Lake Gibson will come into play later. Uh, this one wasn't as much fun as they hoped it would be. Um, Paul missed Tammy. You know, that's all he cared about was he, he wanted Tammy back. He, he, he's a big fucking whiner about missing Tammy so much. So Carla Why'd you did kill her, Paul. <laughs> Why'd you kill her, Paul? Why? Why, Paul? Uh, Carla did what she could to make him feel better, telling him how much fun she had had playing with Tammy, going down on her, watching him with her, uh, all while she was playing with his asshole. Uh, I might have forgotten to mention that by this point, Paul had decided he not only wanted blowjobs, but rim jobs as well. <laughs> yeah. He's, so there's a, there's a theory that Paul was secretly gay. Some of the shit that him and the Smyrnish brothers used to do, you know, all the ass grabbing and the, you know, the whatever young men do with one another when they're alone and fucking horny. Um, but there, there's a, there's a theory that he, he loved the domination and he loved like the anal sex and having his asshole played with because technic, he was actually gay and he had these repressed feelings. And that's one of the reasons that he took it out on women. Uh, I don't know if there's any validity to that. Maybe there is a story story. I don't really have it in here, but there's a story kind of third episode where he does pick up uh, a guy off the side of the road to give him a ride and he takes him further than the guy wants to and the guy's like you know you stop the fucking car i want out and he, paul does he's not gonna fight a man he's too big of a pansy for that but there there is a, an idea that he was gonna try to take the man to try to have sex with him instead so take that for what you will i, I don't know if it's true or not but that he was just be it could just be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just likes his yeah. asshole played with. There's nothing. Like, if you're if you're a guy yeah. you like your asshole played with, you like your asshole played with. There's nothing wrong <laughs> with it. I know it's not time for a word of wisdom thing yet, but I have a little word of wisdom <laughs> for Paul. Right? Okay. Which is this is in relation to the whole him Tammy missing Tammy thing. Sure. Is um so say if you say if you have a nice sandwich, make yourself a really nice sandwich, and you're like, hey, I really like this sandwich, right? The last thing you should do is a stick your dick in it. <laughs> right, and then B throw his hammers in the trash, and then complain about complain about your sandwich now being gone and or tainted. So, if you want the sandwich, don't fuck the sandwich and throw it away. What's wrong? Where's your sandwich in the trash? What happened? What, I why? fucked it. 
Yeah, I put my dick in my sandwich, but I miss my sandwich. <laughs> I, mean, I got a mustard in my throat and everything now. Ooh. It's like, yeah. Were you freebasing cocaine at the time? Yeah. <laughs> 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 and the comes up from behind him. No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking a double quarter pounder from McDonald's, and she's back there with a French fry in his asshole, just tickling it. <laughs> Human centipede him. Oh, fuck. Anyway, moving on. She told him, quote, Well, we like little girls. We like to fuck them. If you're going to fuck them, then I'm going to lick them. <laughs> Paul, ha- asked, um. uh, Paul asked Carla, how old should they be? And Carla said, eh, 13. They should be virgins so he could, quote, and this one might... I don't remember uh, unzip the ribs, how like spine chilling that was to hear. Uh Carla said that he should break their hymens with snuffles. (laughs) Just uh, it's disgusting, but it also sort of ridiculous (laughs) because of snuffles. If I had any other nickname. You can't take that seriously. It's, 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 a, it's, a it's like Winnie the Pooh blood and honey. Now he's <laughs> out to kill. So Dorothy and Carla uh, Dor- sorry, no. Dorothy went to Carla and told her um, that they needed to kick Paul out of the house. Paul was staying there quite a bit now. He's like, Paul needs to go. Uh, this, this needs to be family time. We need to be alone with our grief. <clears throat> Carla, obviously, uh, disagreed. Found a fucking loaf of bread the other day. <laughs> Can't be having that. I'm not sure if that jar is mayonnaise anymore or what. <laughs> Says Listen. mustard. Looks like mayonnaise. Ain't having none of that shit. Listen, I, I, I understand Paul needs to eat. He can make a sandwich and, and eat if he wants. But I'm sick and tired of finding these torn up sandwiches just in the trash can covered in God knows what. I don't know what's going <laughs> on. But I know it's Paul. He needs to go. He's wasting all of our food. <laughs> Uh, Paul obviously disagreed adamantly. Uh, She told Paul uh, what her mom said. Uh, She told Paul what her mom said, and he left. He decided they both needed to get out of the Homolka's house and get a place of their own, which honestly is, I mean, you're engaged. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, So the same weekend, the school had a memorial for Tammy. Paul and Carla found a home at 57 Bayview in Port Dalhousie. Whether it's actually pronounced Dalhousie or not, I don't know. But it's how it's spelled, so that's what we're going with. Uh, It's a small harbor town built around the natural harbor where 12 Mile Creek empties into Lake Ontario. Nestershire, for sure. Shire. (laughs) I don't know how to say this, but... Yeah. Now, it was around this time that Paul had seriously contemplated a career as a rapper. He wanted to be the next Vanilla Ice. He and just he spelled st- he spelled raper incorrectly on his resume. <laughs> See, that's what that was. And, and he got pulled up on it in a job interview. That's, now that's, he's like, shit, exactly now, I gotta act, yeah. now I gotta <laughs> act like it. Fuck, you gotta make it up off the top of your head. Which, honestly, <laughs> most of these raps feel like they were made up off the top of his head. Don't worry. Uh, he started writing rap songs in this little blue book. So, I'm Dan, I'm gonna have you try 
attempt to, <laughs> like, to, I, I can't help read him in Christopher Walken's voice. Christopher Walken's voice. I can't. I can't do Christopher Walken's voice. I haven't tried it in years, but um, can oh, remember so... see, hear him doing Lady Gaga's poker face. Well, the lyrics look like that. <laughs> That's so, exactly what made me think of it. <laughs> so I'm gonna have you uh, go ahead and and just re try to rap that first one well, and, uh, and get caught. <laughs> no, never. Well, why? <laughs> oh, oh I'm trying to give him a quick read before I guess. Now go ahead, go ahead. I should have sent them to you earlier, but I kind of wanted to see what your uh, reaction was gonna be. How bad they are. These are fucking horrible. <laughs> so I'm gonna go ahead and do the first like, one real quick. <laughs> I'm gonna just read them out. It's monotone as I can because that's the way they're reading in my head. But um, <laughs> do you ever get caught? No, never. Why? Because I'm deadly innocent guy. You like that, Carla? That's a real lyric he wrote down in his book. Yo, Jack Parsons. Woodford, Cushburn, not a shuck nerd. I look irked. I'm not a shuck nerd. Cookwork, pessimist pusher, decapitate and laminate the heads of hookers. <laughs> rob, rob his house, pull the drawstring of of the hood first. Climb master stock and pull. Was it doper than jo- Bronx yeah. junkie? Bronx junkies. Climb master stock and pull doper than Bronx junkies. When I pop these blue, pop these blues need to be medicated my head like a romper room <laughs> I've, I've, I've been writing rap since Rocky 2 it was probably released the day before he wrote this it's so fucking bad <laughs> it's fucking I, so that was from that's, a song that was from a rap called Jack Parsons uh, and then uh, this last one okay, so what Dan is about to read is verbatim he is not ad-libbing any of this you're gonna think oh he's just making it up as he goes along no this is what this is these are the lyrics. Go go ahead, Dan. I'm actually gonna say all these words. In this order. <laughs> In that order. That's that you gotta do it. The way he wrote it. Uh, like, heh, man. <laughs> you think I'm innocent, but behind this, I'm packing a lot of deadliness. <laughs> so come at me, man. Take your best shot. See what happens to you, pal. <laughs> You're out of here, man. You, you come at me with your beer, <laughs> your beer pot belly. You think you're really tough and tough, man. What the fuck? You think you're really tough and tough. Sorry. I come back with my B-boy hat looking like I'm 13 years old and I'll kick your ass and fucking blow your fucking head off. I'll kill your fucking parents. I'll come after fucking shoot your girlfriend and fucking your sister man I'll fuck your sister I'll fuck your girlfriend I'll shoot the rest of you <laughs> that sounds like mindless rap. rambles <laughs> like, that's just mindless mindless rambles right there is all oh, that is that I is wish we some had... of the worst we should have sent it to Phil and had him record himself trying to read it with a Canadian accent. And I'll happily send. I'll happily send it to him now and ask him, "Hey, do, can you just record an audio file of you saying this in the next couple of minutes?" And yeah, uh, go, ahead. You, Phil. go ahead. Oh fuck! I'm it's just so. That, it's just so fucking bad. 
it, I couldn't it. read it with a straight face the whole time. No, it, it's so horrible. I, it's horrible. I was trying to do the punctuation in places where it actually had it because he has full stops and commas and everything all over the fucking place where it's like, so come at me, man. Take your best shot. Take your best set. See what happens to you, pal. pal. You're out of here, <laughs> man. It's just the the punctuation is, is fucking horrible. This is why I mean. Why... Pal and man, you have in your fucking rap lyrics. It's a pack and a lot of deadliness. Oh fuck! He's he's reading my message now, so <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, if I sent you some crazy, stupid thing, can you record you saying it back and <laughs> send it on to me? Just say, I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> He's, I mean, he's from Canada, and this is a pretty, pretty famous story in Canada, so he might already know what it is. Heaven wrote this. Honest opinion, question mark? <laughs> I say he said he didn't, but he did. <laughs> okay, so uh, in case Dan didn't do service... At least you don't think he did a, a service to Paul Bernardo. Go ahead and listen to this real quick and uh, you tell me how much better Dan actually did than Paul himself. Go ahead, press play. Did you ever get caught? No, never. Why? They say, I'm a deadly innocent guy. You ever get caught? Did you ever get caught? Did you ever get caught? No, never, never. Why? I'm a deadly innocent guy. They keep on fronting, man. You fronting and you rather be tough, man. You ain't been where I've been, man. You ain't seen what I've seen. You ain't at where I'm at, man. So this is not replacing Stick Up Kid, okay? Deadly Innocence is a theme song, the title track to the album. And, and then you know, his, his fucking nerd voice he's just talking about. He's like, well, well, this, is, you know, <laughs> this, 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 this is gonna be the title track, so it's not gonna take over. Getting an illegal money or whatever you're doing. Um, and uh, you use everything, all your feelings, and the real life cool. and your experience, including having you, you experience and all the smuggling. That in the background, that was their Rottweiler rock. buddy. Uh, he'll come up. All in a right. Bit. They don't do anything with just just say they don't do anything with the dog. The dog is good. The dog is. They don't do cool. anything with the dog. The you dog see, he's cool. saying something weird here. I'm trying to hear what he's saying though. He's saying, his voice is so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck! I had to. I could not. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize to everybody who just had to sit through that. Uh, but yeah, so he loved to say, quote, there's something in my brain that keeps telling me how good I am. And uh, <laughs> we're all organisms, and some organisms are better than others, man. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. It's hardcore battling the world. <laughs> Two of your ways of getting your legal money or whatever. <laughs> that's what it's the rap is about. It's your hardcore ways of battling the world to get your legal money or whatever. Yeah. Correct quote what he just said. <sighs> what a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and or the image on the video, people. Is just him sitting there going <laughs> Just smiling. <laughs> He's got a cigarette and the hat down with the with the bangs. He's got the bangs. 
God, I hate this guy so much. I, I, I told you. I, I would not lie to you. Dan, I have a confession to make. I have... Craps. Beard dandruff. So close. <sighs> so much worse. I know. Look away, I'm hideous. All serious. All, all serious. <laughs> all serious. All serious. Me serious now. No funny. No. <laughs> Frankenstein. No fire. Bad. Ah. In all seriousness, many of us men with facial hair have some sort of dry skin under their you know, face fur. I, I have particularly dry skin. Uh, especially on my face, around my nose, my eyes, ears. That beard and mustache, they draw a ton of moisture from your skin in order to stay healthy, you know, leaving the skin underneath sometimes dry, itchy, red, flaky, leading to uh, the beard dandruff. And I struggled with it for quite a while. Struggled to, you know, rein it in. Then I found thebeardstruggle.com. They use all natural products, never tested on animals, that your face body and beard will love they have day oils to protect your beard from uv rays and dirt and grime and it keeps your skin from drying out all the troubles the day can bring and they have night oils to help moisturize and rejuvenate your skin and beard while you sleep not to mention as of right now they have eight different fragrances <laughs> according to kevin according to <laughs> that's this what they tell me that's what they tell yeah. me do you want to know what they are? I do. I want you to Ready? I want you to pronounce them perfectly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here we go. Ready? Okay. Yeah. From Alfheim's Forest, which has the scent of woodsy leather and spices. To Heoneer's Home. Scents of greenery, amber, and musk. To Valhalla's Gates. With essences of citrus, amber, sandalwood, and vanilla. Mm. Yeah, right now, yes, right now I'm using the Aesir's Triumph, which I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, which has the scent of sweet incense, tobacco, whiskey, and cinnamon. And my wife absolutely loves it. Of course, I haven't gotten one from them they haven't loved, that she hasn't loved. So, And if you can't choose, just get the sample pack, which comes with six of their mainstay scents and five milliliter bottles of nighttime elixir, so you can decide what is best for you. But they have so much more than just oils. Balms, wax, shampoo, conditioner, butters, cologne, natural deodorant, skincare products, heated beard straighteners, combs, brushes, shaving kits, growth kits, merch, list goes on and on and on. No matter what kind, length, or style of facial hair you have, the Beard Struggle has the products you need. You get a free gift for purchases over $50, and you get another free gift for purchases over $100, and all orders over $65 US get free shipping. You have a 90-day money-back guarantee, so you really have nothing to lose. And be sure to use our exclusive coupon code TORTURE19 at checkout to get 19% off your entire order. That's T-O-R-T-U-R-E-19 at checkout for 19% off your entire order. TORTURE19 at checkout or click on the link in the show notes. TheBeardStruggle.com. Do what's right for your beard. Do what's right for your face. Oh, I got... Do, do I just read it or sign it? 
What does he mean, read it or sign it? Phil messaged me saying, do I read so it you're, or sign you're it? Oh, sing it. it. You wrap it. Hold on. He meant to say sing it. <laughs> he says the only reason he's doing this because he loves me. Oh, <laughs> Be like, you know, Carla said the same thing. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I do. Oh, I got tell him to say Merry Christmas at the end. <laughs> God damn it. Is there a McDonald's around here? Uh so <clears throat> enough of the of the funny. Paul would go attack and rape Karina Jenkins on a Sunday morning in April of ninety one in the woods on Henley Island. She, like many before her, got a good look at her attacker. Now, when Paul got home after this, he told Carla what he had just done, excited like a kid at Christmas. It was the first rape since the January girl, but this one put up a fight and cried. Carla was happy for him. Oh, good for you, Skipper. You good for you, buddy. Draw a picture, we'll put it on the fridge. So happy for you. Uh, but she was worried. Uh, she was concerned that he would end up getting caught and that he should be more careful. And she knew that it was time to bring the girls to Paul before he got caught in public. Which brings us to Jane. Now, Jane was a girl that Carla knew from her time at the number one pet center. Uh, she was then and is now still known as Jane Doe to protect her anonymity. So Jane is not her real name. Uh, she was only 12 at the time when she first knew Carla and hang, would hang around at the number one pet center. And uh, she'd just kind of hang around the store and do odd jobs just to be, you know, in the area with the people and the animals. Now. Carla, for whatever reason, had Jane pop into her head one day and decided that Jane would be the perfect wedding gift for Paul, mostly because she looked quite a bit like Tammy. They, you know, both apparently both blonde, both young. Uh, I guess Jane had burns on her face. <laughs> Jane had uh, larger breasts than Carla did, which Tammy did as well. So. You know, all that, I guess. Uh, Carla called her out of the blue and invite, invited Jane over to their new house to meet their new Rottweiler puppy, Buddy. Now, Jane loved Carla and dogs, so she jumped at the opportunity. But let me just put this out as a word, uh, my own word of wisdom. Kids, if a, if a couple in their 20s calls you out when you're... Uh, young teenager and says hey do you want to come by yourself to my new house say no just blanket <sighs> statement say no yeah it's kind of the it's equivalent of hey want some of my candy <laughs> i got this sweet panel van over here filled with some candy harry potter and the windowless van of secrets yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now from the first time jane went over carla took jane out on the town they got dinner 
got caught up with each other's lives, talked about the old times, went back to the house, and they watched the movie Ghost. They played with the dog. Carla gave Jane some drinks, even though she was only 15. Uh, And Jane promptly passed out, woke up the next morning sick with the quote-unquote flu. And this was a flu that actually took her a few weeks to get over. In actuality, wasn't the flu, if you could guess. Carla had spiked Jane's drinks with Halcyon. And after Jane passed out, Carla called Paul home for a surprise. She promised Paul that what happened to Tammy wouldn't happen to Jane. Tammy had eaten a bunch before they used the halothane, and that's why she threw up, as Carla figured. I mean, you know, you're not supposed to eat before you get uh, anesthesia. And she was eating and drinking all night. So she's like, oh, well, that's why. That's, she threw up because of it, because she had eaten a bunch. But Jane had, Carla had also taken Jane out for dinner before this, so I don't see what the big difference is. It's because she's an idiot, Kevin. <laughs> Science, no that's good or math. Day. I can read okay, yeah. though. She ate a load beforehand. She ate not quite a load beforehand. Yeah. She didn't eat as much. Yeah. Uh, She promised Paul that she would be okay. So Paul got out the video camera and Carla got out the the cloth and soaked it in halothane. Now this time, instead of just placing the cloth over her mouth and nose, she held it near her nose so Jane could get some oxygen. See, we're learning as we go. It's a process. You, you, the first pancake is always the burnt pancake. <clears throat> so that's what Tammy is. She's not a sandwich. She's a pancake. <clears throat> now, they lay, <laughs> they lay Jane out, spread eagle on the floor, her head propped up with a pillow, naked from the wakes down, and her sweatshirt pulled up around her neck. Carla went down on her and played it up for the camera, then sucked on her breasts. Then Paul began to rape her, breaking her hymen in the process. Then Carla straddled Jane's face and rubbed her groin over Jane's mouth and nose, and Paul demanded that Carla force Jane's fingers inside of her. Paul finished. The whole thing took about 15 minutes. So... He's not a a long drive contest winner. He, he has a short game. They uh, dressed her, put her to bed. The next day, they drove Jane home. Afterwards, Paul beat Carla in the arm and back angrily, exclaiming, quote, everything went, sm- everything went smoothly with Jane. Why couldn't it have been the same way with Tammy? <sighs> I miss my sandwich. I want my sandwich. Now, about a month later, after a cigarette run, Paul ran up to Burlington, Ontario, to get some new plates for his car for some more cigarette runs and decided to park for a while and go peeping in some windows. As you do, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bored. What should I do? Oh, windows. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning or, 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 or... Two o'clock in the morning or something like that. So, to be fair, it's obviously his like not to 
um, downplayed the absolute disgustingness of what he does. It's ob- right. obviously just like his number one hobby. So it's the same equivalent of me walking down the street, seeing a music shop and going, hey, guitars. Yeah. We're going in like, Ooh, boo, 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 boo. you know, um, him who's walking on goes, ooh, windows, women. I think I'll just go look. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's just it's just second. It's just a thing to do for him. It's, it's, for, for most of us, we'd be terrified. He's just like, oh, there's something. It's shiny. I'll go look. Uh, so he went walking behind some houses. He happened to walk straight into a young girl named Leslie Mahaffey. Now, Leslie had been... In the book, they go into a long story about Leslie, who she was, why she was outside, shit that had happened to her weeks before. Um, I'm not going to get into all that because time... Uh, but uh, Leslie had been locked out of her house late at night. She was supposed to be spending the night at a friend's house. Uh, that fell through. She was kind of a rebellious girl a little bit, and she didn't want to, you know, tell her mom she wasn't staying there or whatever. Uh, you know, a friend of hers had died a while before, and she was processing it. And uh, she ended up getting locked out of her house. Um, her and Paul talked for a few minutes. He's like, why don't you uh, go knock on the door or on a window really hard? <laughs> She's like, I don't want to wake up my mom, but you're locked out. Yeah, but I want to figure out a way to get in without waking up my mom. Well, why don't you just go bang on the door? Because I don't want to <laughs> wake up my mom, you fucking idiot. <laughs> but they talked for a little bit. Uh, Leslie was not in the least bit scared of the creepy man sneaking through people's yards. And she asked him for a cigarette. Uh, Paul took him back to his gold Nissan and decided at that moment that maybe he could bring a present back for Carla. Now, after they got to the car, he pulled out his knife, threw his red turtleneck sweater at her, and told her to put it over her head and then get in the back seat, and they drove off. They get back to Paul and Carla's house around 3 a.m., and Paul went straight to the bedroom, woke Carla up, and told her to stay in bed. <laughs> He's like, babe. Babe, hey, babe, shh, you okay? Wake up, hey, stay here. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> pretty much what you he wake, did. You awake? You awake? Stay here. You might sleep. Why are you awake? I didn't yeah. tell you to wake up. Yeah, uh, yeah he yeah. literally, he, he, he just comes and he's all happy. He wakes her up, tells her to just stay there. And and then he goes, goes downstairs. Uh, she's obviously curious as what the fuck's going on. Her, her soon-to-be husband just woke her up and then told her to go back to sleep. Uh, so she went to the stairs to see what it was, and there she saw a girl kneeling in front of the fireplace, a red turtleneck wrapped around her head. Uh, he had her remove her blouse, and he turned the camcorder on. Then he asked her her name, which he already knew, by the way, and eventually Carla just said, fuck it, and went back to bed. She's like, I'm going to let him do what he needs to do. And I'm gonna go sleep. So enable it. Folks. Yeah. <clears throat> so again, trigger warnings. Just just so you know. It's it's not the whole show is a trigger warning. I shouldn't have to keep giving them. You should just know by now. Uh Paul hints at the title, to be fair. But... <laughs> of, of the show. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Super Happy Fun Time Podcast, where we talk about sunshine, rainbows, lollipops, and unicorns. This lady's about to get raped horribly. Uh, Paul walked Leslie, still with the turtleneck over her head, down to the bathroom, and he recorded her urinating and said, and I quote, 
Okay, I believe it was the last episode I told you that we were going to get to a point which just made your skin crawl when I was talking about it. Or it could have been the beginning of this episode. I don't know. It's already felt like we've been doing this for three hours. The, I apologize. I when I when I typed it out, I knew I was going to have to read it, and the more I, 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 I you're going to feel dirty. <laughs> you're going to go, oh, and you're going to feel dirty. So Dan, take another sip of beer because you might need it. There you go. Um, he recorded her urinating and said, I quote, Oh, good girl. Good girl. Beautiful job. Fucking perfect. Just perfect. Very, very good. Good girl. Yeah. I don't like it. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't I don't. What the like hell? It. I don't like it at all. Sometimes I find a guy to be really hilarious. <laughs> what the hell is that like? Like, like she's just pissing, and he's telling, her, "Oh yeah, good job." And she's like, "The, f- the fuck away yeah, from me." Like, 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 it's like, like, she, like she's like a dog, and you're getting yeah. her to go do their poops at night time before they come in for the night. You know, right? Oh, good boy. Oh, good boy. Oh, yeah, you do a big poopy. <laughs> did, you <laughs> did, you boom, boom? did you make a boom boom? Did you make a boom boom? Uh. So if that, yeah, if that doesn't make your skin crawl, I don't, I don't know. Imagine doing that now to your significant other. Like, you know, now your wife is in going to the toilet and you just came barging in and you just sat in front of her. That's good. Good girl. Great job. Great job. That's it. Good work, champ. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh, I'd expect to have um, half my glasses stuck through my eye. Me as well. My wife would throw something at me. Pick up the plunger. And stick the, it the to top my of face. the cistern. <laughs> <laughs> it's just—he's such a dumb guy. You asshole. He's oh, such, yeah, it's like that—that just... that episode of we bring Family Guy up a lot in this because it's relatable to a lot. That episode of Family Guy where Stewie makes them clones and he makes Brian do the thing with his tail where he strokes his tail and licks his lips and he's like, "You're such a weird guy." <laughs> That's all I can think about with Paul Bernardo. You're such a weird guy. Oh. Uh, then he took Leslie to their guest room and tied her up. He told her to stop crying, and when she didn't, he punched her in the face, busting so her that lips. Works. Yeah. Stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about, pretty much. <laughs> then he raped her on the floor. He didn't want to use the bed because it was creaky, and he didn't want to wake up Carla, you know, because he's a considerate, deadly innocence guy. Yeah, meanwhile, Carla's lying in bed, and all he can hear is, yeah, great job, great job, <laughs> oh, wonderful work, wonderful work. Yeah, she's it. probably said they're going, he never tells me I do a great job when I go pee. Because <laughs> I'm a big whiner. Uh, he, like he always had, raped her vaginally, anally, and orally. And he recorded the whole thing. David Bowie's Changes was on the radio. Uh, there's something I come to find out with Don't reading. Don't tell me that. Well, there's something with Deadly Innocence for some reason. Uh, or or no no um not de- not Deadly it was um oh fuck what's the uh name of the book that I read? I'd like to know. I'd like to know how my old Paul looking at his rap, how he intended to um decapitate and then laminate. The heads of hookers. How big was his lamination machine <laughs> that he could get the heads of hookers in there? And why would you want to laminate them in the first place? 
Like, why would you want the head of a hooker to be sitting in there in between so, a couple of sheets so of plastic? So it's waterproof, and so you can't rip it. Oh, no, a dry erase marker over yes. it. Yes, yeah. Um, Invisible Darkness was the name of the book, which is also comes from his rap lyrics. Uh, for some reason, Steve Williams... Uh, invisible darkness invisible darkness light (laughs) (laughs) so he uh he focuses a lot on the music that is playing during these rapes Uh, i'm not going to focus a lot on it uh it might come up once or twice but honestly yeah yeah yeah, i don't because i love changes and (laughs) well now now you can now i don't So every time changes, good girl. Oh, you're gonna think it was good girl. Oh fuck! So he gave her drinks of champagne and vodka or whatever else they could find, mixed with sleeping pills, and then he made her play with herself. Now, when she wouldn't say that, quote, he was her favorite guy, he hit her several times in the chest, arms, and side of the head. They eventually both passed out in bed. Now, when Carla finally got up around 8 in the morning, she decided that she could stay in the room until Paul called her down. So she sat and read a book that she had bought back in April. It's a book that had gotten less than great reviews, but she had a good idea that she would enjoy it. A little thing called American Psycho. She's a huge fan. They're both huge fans of American Psycho and a lot of the serial killer uh, movies and books. The the yeah yeah they're they're I don't big. Know what that says because I think it's pretty damn great. Film. It's great, but the, the, there's there's a difference between watching or reading American Psycho and be like that was that was entertaining and being like I could do yeah. that. I could. yeah, it's different. It's like when you're a kid and Space Jam came out and you watched and you went I could be a basketball player. You know that's a different kind of thing. <laughs> I could stick a cat in an ATM. I could totally do that. Now, uh, eventually, she decided to go down for a shower and noticed that the house was quiet. Uh, She walked downstairs and got furious over the fact that Paul had the audacity to use their brand new champagne flutes with this random girl when they haven't even been able to use them for their wedding yet. That's what she got mad at. That's what she was angry about. That he had the audacity to use their new glassware with this random girl. I mean, fuck her. Rape her all you want, but do yeah, not use, use the good glasses. crystal. Yeah. So she decided to vent her anger while she took a dog, took the dog for a walk. Now, after uh, Paul and Leslie woke up, he made her shower with the turtleneck still wrapped around her head. Mind you, this entire uh, time the turtleneck's been wrapped yeah, the, around this yeah, the entire head. time the turtleneck's been wrapped around her fucking. But then head. she won't see him wearing his b boy hat, look like he's thirteen <laughs> years old, like <laughs> coming at you with his man deadly innocence. Yeah, oh, uh, he, had, he took her to another room and turned on the radio. He gave her a new turtleneck to wrap around her head. What a guy. And then raped her again, forcing her to blow him until he finished and then tying her up and leaving her so he could go rest. He's had a big day. (laughs) What a dickhead. 
Oh. Now, af- after that, he decided it was time for Carla to get involved. He asked Leslie if she wanted to have sex with two people. And she's like, I don't want to have sex with one person. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck she's wrong like, with oh, you? I'm sorry. I forgot to ask your opinion on this entire matter. It's <laughs> like, 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 been one listen. big misunderstanding. <laughs> listen, uh, I know, you know, how things are right now, but my wife really wants to get on this. How do you feel about having it with two people? Ooh. Carly's even like, ask her if she wants it with two people. Go on, ask her, ask her. <laughs> No, she doesn't. She would like to go home. Uh, but Carla walked up and started kissing her. Uh, by this time, her the, the turtleneck had been kind of pushed to the side. Uh, he wanted to see the side of her face so she could see more and, and do more now. She still had it on her face and on her head, but she had seen both of them by now. So Carla kissed her. Uh, they both went down on Paul, even though Paul couldn't really get it up. Uh, he then made Leslie lick his asshole, cause what he does, yeah. And then after that, he kissed her. Oh, he went, he went, asked him mouth on himself. Nice. Uh, they the both fuck? raped her for a while, and she started to try to convince them to let her go. Said she wouldn't say anything to anyone. Of course, they didn't listen. Uh, This went on until after midnight, so it was an all-day-and-night thing. Then they discussed what to do with her, quizzing her on what she knew. Now, there's a discrepancy on what happened next. Lethal Marriage by Nick Prawn makes it sound like Carla was against the whole thing from the beginning and wanted to set Leslie free. But I feel like Nick Prawn is a Carla apologist, for some reason, uh, most the way, most of the time through the book, he Carla comes off as this um, victim of herself. Yeah, she's like like she, she she there's nothing she can do. She has to go along with it, or else you know Paul will do whatever to her. Uh, when in reality, I think that she was almost as not quite as fucked up as Paul, but pretty fucking close, and she wanted it just as much as as he did. Honestly, and you're not going to tell me any any other way, because she she does what be, is, is she, she does what she's want she wants to do. I don't think Paul's making her do any of this. But in any case, after some discussion, the decision had been made. So Carla gave her some more sleeping pills. Leslie took them. She passed out soon after, and that's when Paul came in with the electrical cord. He wrapped it around her throat and pulled. After he let go, they stood there and stared at the corpse for a while. And then suddenly the body started making noises, like she was trying to breathe. He's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Gas is escaping. <laughs> like like the uh, uh, the scene from Team America. <laughs> What's he saying? He's saying, kiss me, kiss me. <laughs> Get him! <laughs> Uh, so he re-wrapped her throat and put her knee, put his knee in her back and pulled and held that for about seven minutes. Uh, Leslie Mahaffey was then dead at only 14 years old. So, the age-old question. Everybody's had it. Everybody's had to go through it. What do you do with the body of a dead girl in your house? I mean, that's just a common thing. I I go to classic. 
wrapping the rugs with the feet hanging out the end thing, running out the, the, the car, <laughs> you know. Um, that's what I expect these pair would do anyway. The cartoon um, gangster. Uh, yeah, you do that, yeah. or you do a weekend of Bernie's on on it. Um, she's just oh, she's still alive. You just you just walk her around, put sunglasses on her, and walk her around for a while. She could sign some special, some uh, important documents, stuff like that. Take yeah, her to the Bahamas. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, weekend they, of Bernardos. Yeah. yeah, they they decided to take a page from Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. Well, and okay. you you chop it up. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to Huey Lewis on the news. That's right. So uh, they put the body in cold cellar for the rest of the weekend. Carla's parents were coming for dinner, so you know they left it till Monday morning. Like I will deal with this at the beginning of the week. It's the weekend. We should enjoy ourselves. Uh, so Monday morning, Carla got up and went to work, and Paul got out the body and the power saw. First the legs, then the arms. Then the head. Process took all of about an hour. And that's not to say that it was an easy process. Power saw blades are not necessarily made for soft flesh. They're made for wood and harder objects. Uh, and so the saw got bound up several times. Chunks of oh, tissue. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Chunks of tissue and meat getting caught in the blade and blood drenching the exhaust port and pretty much everything else. Just blood everywhere. He did make himself like a little tent, like I, I guess like Patrick Bateman does in American Psycho, where he covers every everything in plastic before he, you know, does what he needs to do. Um He's, you know, but Paul Bernardo's not as good as the whole, at the whole murder, disposing of bodies thing as Patrick Bates. That's because his, his business cards aren't as good. Yes. Yeah. Does it have the raised lettering, the slight off-white? It's beautiful. It does, yeah. And it, it, that's where the whole misspelling of rapper, raper came out, you see, so. <laughs> You're a what? Uh, then, after... He cut up the body. He headed to Beaver Lumber because, of course, a lumber a, a lumber store in Canada is going to be called Beaver. Beaver Lumber, right down the street from Moose uh, Moose Plumbing and Elk Electro Electrical. Uh, and he went there to get some cement. He told the workers that he was building a deck and needed cement to set his posts. All right. And by the size of what he claimed to be building, they decided he needed about 20 bags of quick-dry cement. It's like, how big of a deck did you tell them you were making? Foundations of a house. Right, going in. <laughs> he paid with cash. Uh, it took him two trips in his little Nissan. He mixed the cement in a pail in his basement and poured some... Um, poured some into each of eight boxes that he had grabbed. I just have that, this image in my head of him arriving up at this beaver fucking place covered in blood. <laughs> I, guys, I'm, I'm building a deck and I uh, need, some, need some cement for my thing. You know, I'll pay for it later with um, some uh, royalties for my rap album. Okay. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, just give him the cement and get rid of him. He's <laughs> just <laughs> handing out demo cassette tapes. <laughs> <laughs> 
pretty good, you know. Pretty, yeah, I'm pretty, fly, I'm pretty fly as they come, man. Yeah, you can't see me in this invisible darkness you have going on here. Like, you know, this you guys... is you, you. This is how I like um, you know, make make my make my legal money in the the hard streets of uh, Ontario. Yeah, you guys sell laminators? You got a laminator? <laughs> how big is it? <laughs> how big is your laminator? <laughs> What's the biggest thing you can laminate? Need some cigarettes? I got plenty back in the car. I got a whole, I got a whole dashboard filled with some cigarettes. Anyway, he he poured cement into each of eight boxes that he had picked up, and then each box got a body part. Then more cement. Now he didn't quite take everything into account. Surprise, surprise! Uh, like the fact that the block of cement that held Leslie's torso now weighed upwards of two hundred pounds. So, you know, what is that block of concrete in the back of your car? Oh, you know, it's just a 200 block of cement. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, Leslie's hair kept popping up out of the cement as he poured it. Um, So he actually had to hold her head down while it hardened because it kept floating to the top. Put a hat on her. Cut her fucking hair off. Burn it. Come on. That's not giving people tips here. Uh, it's his first time. It's a learning process. <laughs> Dispose, disposing of a body. Last time he had the paramedics do it for him. This time it's it's his first time. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, after after that block had dried, he noticed the hairs were still sticking up out of the cement. So he just painted the whole block black to hide them because that's you know that's what you do. Just paint it black. <laughs> it's that invisible darkness he was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> shave it off. Something. I don't know what the fuck is. What we're saying is Paul's not smart. That's, That's what the image of a cinder block of a big block with hair. Hair just it's a block, cinder block with hair. Jesus Christ! The cops come walking in. Everybody hey, see his corpse. Ain't no chief. <laughs> Ain't no corpse here. <laughs> now, Dan, let's say you killed someone and decided to encase their body in cement. Uh, you go buy a large number of bags of said cement and go back home and you do what you need to do. And then you notice that you only used less than half of what you bought. What would you do with the leftover bags? Um, commit another murder. <laughs> I mean, you probably figure out something to do with them. Keep them around the house. Maybe build that deck you were so ambitious about. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, oh, yeah. Man, that makes more sense. Uh, would you return them to the store? Um, uh, is it is this me now, or is this me imagining I'm Paul? I'm an no, it's you. no, no, no. I'm asking. I'm asking you. What would you uh, do? Would you yeah, return the return bags them. that you just used to dispose a body with to the store? No, no, I would not. No. Uh, well. So he had about 12 bags left. So he returned them to the store. And when they filled out the merchandise return form, they asked him for his name and address. Now, Dan, I'm going to ask you again. If you did something as stupid as returning the bags of cement to the store, would you then give them your real name and address? I think he froze up. There There you are. Now you're back. What was the last thing you heard? I, uh, you asked me uh, what I would do uh, if I give my name and address, and I say no. I'd give. I tell them I'm Ned Flanders. And I'd yeah, there you go. Yeah, you, know, um, you don't. 
uh, and, and everything would have property in that Flanders written on it too. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 I will not give my own name and address. I will not return them yeah. to the shop. Well, Paul did. Anyone Ooh. asked for his name and address? He gave it to him. Paul Bernardo, 57. <sighs> so, right. So here's the thing. So he goes off and he gets all this cement bags to mm-hmm. put that along with the body parts into bag into boxes. Yeah. Um yep. makes said cement in said box um in his garage, garage, whatever. Oh, they were in the they were in the basement. He did it in the basement. Oh, so now yeah. so now he just looks like he's been playing Minecraft in his basement. So he says like <laughs> a lot of big fuck off blocks in his basement. So what does he do with them? Like was he turn them into like you know like oh. way, like back like those nineteen nineties shelves everybody had like cinder blocks <laughs> and pieces of wood just to hold on to your shit? Like does he make like giant versions of that or what the hell does he do? Because Oh, we're gonna get to it. We're gonna Oh, that's get okay. To so because yeah, I was thinking to myself, I was like, why the hell doesn't he just bury them out the back and fill it in the rest of the cement? Like, you know, it's just No, no, he's got he's got uh, eight blocks of cement in his basement, but no we're we're gonna get to what he does with it. So after he gives them his name and his, his address and uh, all that shit, he runs and picks up Carla from work on his way home, saying that he needed to help her move the eight boxes of body parts and cement. Now, she was horrified when she saw the laundry room. By the way, he cut her body up in their fucking laundry room without bleeding it out first. Oh, nice. So there's uh, all of her delicates hanging on the <laughs> drawing. <out. laughs> yeah, it, apparently it was everywhere. Uh, they took the blocks out to Lake Gibson and dumped them, including the power saw, into the lake. Here's the thing. When they were trying to load up the torso block, you know, the 200-pound block of cement and body, uh, they dropped it causing fluid to spill out from the cracks in the cement, weakening the bond in the cement. So they put it in a garbage bag. Then, when they got to the lake, they realized it was too heavy to throw in, so they went to a small bridge that went over the lake where they could just drop it again, drop it in. But again, these two are idiots, and they dropped it off the railing of the bridge, and the block hits part of the bridge and broke off the top of the block, exposing the torso. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say they just they threw it off as soon as they went onto it in the shallow end. Like, it was just over the part of land as soon as the bridge starts. It's like, <laughs> no. uh, Paul, uh, I don't think we, we threw it off the right part there, Paul. So shut up, card. Of course you did. It's over the bridge. It's over the bridge. Look, it's in its invisible darkness. Uh, but beca- because it was dark and the water was murky, they didn't know that the concrete block. It, it's it's say, don't worry, it's 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 dark. Nobody will ever see it. It's like <laughs> the darkness will eventually change into light, Paul. People would think so. If they dump it in, I think it broke. It's okay. It's dark out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Nobody will see it. So about two weeks later. The big day came. Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka became one, and they were finally married. They honeymooned in Hawaii, and there's a chance that they kidnapped and raped a woman while while in Maui. Um, it's not 100% sure, but 
the description the woman gives of the man and woman that attacked her and raped her on the side of the road do match Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka. Now, they seem to have a good time, obviously, but that all ended when they landed in Buffalo afterwards, and Carla's parents informed them that some fishermen had found the dismembered body of a young girl that had been missing from Burlington, encased in blocks of cement. Well, except for the torso, that is. That was found floating in the lake on its own. And that's where we'll pick up for the third and final episode of Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka. Can you imagine getting back from your honeymoon and be like, they just found a dismembered girl in the lake. And you're like, fuck, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> Pull on the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Just the big sweat. You're the anime with the big tear yeah. or the big <laughs> the big snot bubble coming out the nose. Oh, fuck. God, these people are idiots. Again, National Lampoons. They yeah. really are. Yeah. Because you got like, so you got you got a few couples in history that do this type of thing. Like You got Fred and Rosemary West who are just despicable, evil people. And then you got Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka who are just like, cartoon characters of of fred west fred and rosemary west like somebody made a yeah. parody of them uh they yeah, it's are almost the... like if pinky and the brain were people but they were just both <laughs> pinky so it's just two pinkies kind of two pinkies like, you think we angered you tonight pinky i don't know pinky what do you snarf and then do a very piss poor job of disposing of the evidence yeah well and it won't, that's not the worst job they do of disposing of stuff, which we'll see in the next episode. Uh, if, if, if Fred and Rosemary Rester scream, then Paul Bernardo, Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka are scary movie five. They're not even <laughs> one of the good ones. <laughs> anyway, thank you to our patrons, Inquisitor Willow Quinn Fowler. Inquisitor Jagamondi and our torture noob, Miss MX Sinister 26. Um, if you'd like to be a patron and have your name you know, yelled out on the show, uh, go to patreon.com slash torture pod and uh, sign up for any of the tiers, cult leader tiers free for the first seven days. So you see if, if you know you like it. Um, if you want us to read an email or, or anything like that, you can get a hold of us, torchpodgmail.com. Message us on Instagram and all the other social medias, even X, fucking Twitter, Elon, uh, at torturepod. Rate and review wherever you listen. Head over to our YouTube page. Got some shit on there. Uh, donate to the show through our link tree. Buy us a coffee, buymeacoffee.com slash torturepod. Or, you know, buy our merch at redbubble.com slash people slash torture pod, which I'm wearing my brand new for everyone rainbow logo shirt, which I like it. I like it. I thought, I hope, I hope the rainbow, I hope the rainbow pisses a lot of people off here because yeah, a lot of homo homophobic people where I live. Um, Dan, I know you already gave out one word of wisdom. Would you like to give out another one for the people, for the people? Uh, look, <laughs> if you're building the wall, make sure if you want to have it nice and even and level, 
shave your blocks beforehand. <laughs> you don't want none of that hair getting caught up in that shit. It'll weaken the structure. About it. Oh, fuck There's it also man. a funny video doing doing the rounds at the moment that everybody needs to try and check out. And here's here's a story, right? I'll, I'll send, send you on the video. Thanks, Bernard. Now, finally, for now, a mysterious hole on a beach has caused a stir in North Dublin. A local astronomy enthusiast is hoping the crater in Port Marnock could be the aftermath of a cosmic event. <laughs> it's a huge, mysterious crater that looks out of this world. But is it? The unusual hole on Port Marnock Beach stopped local astrophysics enthusiast Dave Kennedy in his tracks yesterday, and he's certain the small but heavy rock inside it came from up above. As you can tell by here, there's a scorch mark on this side here, so that would have been <laughs> at the angle that it came down at. And uh, it is weighty. I'm not sure if it's composition, but we're definitely going to have to find out. The striking <laughs> hole soon caught the attention of passers-by, many hoping that what they're witnessing Amazing. is the aftermath of a once-in-a-lifetime cosmic event. I You could see the scorch marks on the yeah, rock. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you can link that onto our thing right now, but I think it's I, I, I give people the story here then who may not be able to. The whole thing is that a bunch of guys on a beach in Dublin dug a big, perfectly round hole. Yeah. Big hole is probably about, what, three foot, two foot in diameter? Yeah, something like that. Probably, yeah, yeah probably three, three. Diameter is from the center. And, I think radius I is from know. the center diameter radius then then pretty about two foot yeah. then radius whatever right so yeah and it's pretty impressive looking and it it's was a nice hole <laughs> yeah yeah so it's just say a couple that. of guys if paul bernardo was here he'd go that's a nice hole <laughs> man man <laughs> you pal so, so they dig this hole and it's very impressive and some would <laughs> ended up on the news because some guy who's into ast astrology saw it and was a rock in it and thought it'd come from space and it was a, base, a crater in the beach from a rock and it got national news coverage and there are people getting photos taken in front of it holding said rock and like, you see how excited that guy is he's like yeah he's like oh you can see where the burn marks are here and he, so this is the direction it came down in we don't know what the stone is made from but we're gonna have to find out <laughs> and they're adamant that it's from space meanwhile it just it's like the rock just turns out to be a hardened pieces of piece of whale shit or something. Yeah. <laughs> the people standing in front of it holding the rock, yeah, all like just, hey, thumbs hey, up, hey, yeah, uh, history. <laughs> you know that guy's like after he dug the hole, he's watching TV. Like <laughs> yeah. I did that. That was me. We also have um, an infamous saying: a person who has never been identified as <laughs> the, the, the was it the, the falling guy or the slipping guy? I can't remember. It was uh, during one of our winters. It was really icy and <laughs> news coverage. And this guy had walked past the camera in the background. He slipped and smacked his head. And it was a really hard fall. But um, it's, it's a really funny video as well. But uh, yeah, sadly, that guy's never been identified. And I can imagine well, no, every of course, Christmas. Every Christmas, the video does the rounds again. It was even on um, <laughs> one of these kind of reading in the years type things for all your stuff where it got coverage on that as well where it's like everybody remember when this happened on the internet 
So I will really I will try to post the link uh to that video on uh on all of our socials and see so you could go see them because the video is something else. God damn it, it's fun. I don't know if it's, it's fun. I don't know if it's funnier if they would have played the uh, the news footage first and then showed you how it was made, or the way they did it where they showed you how it was made, then they played the news footage. But it's that's fucking great. Ah, oh, Jesus I like it. Christ. Yeah. Oh, All right. Brilliant. Well, since this was a you know it was a three episode series, we do three weeks in a row, so we will have the third episode out next week. And then we'll take, you know, our couple weeks off until, you know, the next big thing. <sighs> all right. Well, I think I think that's all I could handle for today. Yeah. So, I don't want so to hear any more about Paul fucking Bernardo. <laughs> You'll get more next week, don't worry. Yeah. All right. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And we'll see you. Adios. See you in the... What does he say? The thingy darkness? The invisible <laughs> the, darkness. The, the, yes, you all the invisible darkness. Didn't even hear that, did you? Didn't even hear that, did you? He, he's one of those that makes the sound of the, of the, of the turntables. He's like, wait, wait, yeah, wait. <laughs> but he does it wrong. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>